This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It is a Monday, of course, here on Power Talk. We bring you Africa Center where we cross across and beyond the borders of South Africa. Some of you uh, may have heard that last Wednesday, uh, the president of Haiti, uh, President Jovenel Moise, uh, was assassinated and uh, the Haitian government has urged the United States to send in uh, its military to protect infrastructure and establish security so that uh, that Caribbean nation uh, may be able to hold elections uh, in September. A lot has been contested as to what may have led to his assassination and these heinous acts uh, really that uh, visited him at his home and his wife as well was hurt um, in that attack and uh, yeah, we continue to send condolences to uh, the people of Haiti. And Haiti, uh, to tell the truth, has quite a significant history with uh, the African continent in terms of uh, common solidarity on uh, issues of struggle. Uh, we also saw the a media statement from the Haitian ambassador to South Africa, His Excellency uh, Jacques Junior Baril, uh, on the 9th of July, uh, communicating this message on behalf of the government of Haiti and uh, saying it was with regret and a profound sense of sorrow that we mourn the passing away of uh, the president there, His Excellency, Mr. Jovenel Moise. I am going to be joined all the way um, in the United States uh, by the former Prime Minister of Haiti, Laurent Lamoth, uh, joining me here on Power Talk in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, former Prime Minister Laurent, uh, good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. And thank you so much uh, for making the time for us this morning here at Power Talk. No doubt this is a very difficult moment uh, for the people of Haiti. How did you receive the news of of the passing away of President Moise? Well, you know, I mean, it was a shock. Um, It was, you know, totally unexpected. It was, you know, the worst possible news that you could have as a people to wake up and to hear that your president uh, has been assassinated, cold-blooded mm. murder with 12 gunshots from a machine gun at close range. So it was something that that's out of a movie. Mm. Um, you know, so it's been it's been it's been difficult to comprehend that that created a lot of confusion in Haiti. People are very confused as to the motives, as to, you know, the people behind it, the intellectual authors, uh, the sponsors, I like to call them. Um, so people are asking for justice. And there is even a hashtag that's called justice for Jovenel. And I mean, uh, talking about justice, uh, how much confidence is there in the, you know, criminal justice systems within Haiti that these people will be brought to book? We do know that some uh, former uh, prime minister, some people have been arrested, uh, two men believed to be Haitian Americans and 15 uh, of the detained suspects uh, are said to be from Colombia. Uh, Do you trust that uh, the criminal justice system will be able to bring the perpetrators of these deplorable crimes to book well so far um what i can you know tell you is that so far 
the the investigation is made, is moving very swiftly. They've uh, out of the 28 uh, mercenaries, there is 26 uh, that were Colombian nationals, two were Haitian Americans living in Florida, and uh, out of the 26, there is 17 who have been uh, in custody. There is seven that have been killed, and then there is few of them still on the run that the police is looking for. In terms of trusting, uh, me have asked for an international investigation, okay? The international investigation asking for the involvement of the FBI from the United States because mm -hmm. a lot of the crimes have been purchased from Miami, Florida, so that would give the FBI jurisdiction over the crimes. Mm. Um, and then I, I asked, you know, for the UN to create a special tribunal for Haiti, similar to what was done with Rafik Ariri's assassination, that will ensure international, not only investigation, but prosecution. So we're looking at, at pushing that narrative to the UN and asking Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez um, to to uh, make a special tribunal for Haiti uh, and for basically to prosecute now, um, you know, the, the perpetrators of this brutal assassination of the president and the wounding of the first lady of, of Haiti, Martin Moise, where she took three bullets. And, and uh, she was the first one to be shot. When she fell, then they shot the president. And they were talking Spanish. And then there was, uh, you know, before shooting, there is a phone call that was made, um, you know, to ask for, to confirm the identity. And then when it was confirmed, they just, you know, with no questions, and they just shot the president. Now, former Prime Minister, I mean, these are very difficult news and, you know, harrowing scenes you are painting here on Power Talk for us. Some people have made connections with the political landscape of Haiti, saying that, uh, you know, President Moise was one of those people pushing for reforms, constitutional reforms and other reforms that were going to impact uh, the political system in Haiti. What, what can you tell us about, you know, the political system in Haiti? Some of the actors that are involved and why there would be such resistance to any form of reforms so so haiti has been haiti has had an economic system um for many times that's based on very large monopolies by holding by uh what the president uh, called before uh, corrupt oligarchs mm. so um and, uh, and and the president was also you know calling for an investigation into state capture um, by some of these oligarchs. So that angered many people, and that created many, uh, you know, personal enemies for the president within the the oligarch community. And there is very few of them, of course, um, in Haiti. So the president also was calling for a lot of social reforms, uh, economic reforms, electricity reforms. So he he basically ended some very long term you know, contracts that some of these oligarchs had, and then he replaced them with, with, with contracts with uh, other, uh, you know, very large U.S. and, and world uh, um, multinational companies that, that would stop with the monopolies that these guys would have. So that, you know, that made him a target um, in Haiti on the oligarchs. So 
if you if if I can say uh, something that you know, yes. the only way for us to really to really get the truth is to have this not only special invest, international investigation but the special tribunal to be able to go in depth and to be able to really not make a difference between somebody's you know some other sexes financial situation whoever they are they should go after them whatever they they name or, or whatever you know their bank account has you know if they if they're found to be you know, implicated in the murder of the president, they should be held accountable and brought to justice. I mean, uh, you talk about state capture, something that has been a subject of conversation here in South Africa as well. Uh, you know, some intimating its impact on the economy of the country, closing opportunities for, you know, an open economy and, uh, you know, opportunities for as many people as possible. As you talk of an oligarchy, often known as, you know, a, an, a, an elite few that really run the country by being dominant in its economics fear. How has the existence of this oligarchy in Haiti, you know, uh, compromised economic prospects of the country? And I mean, you've been prime minister there as well with that vantage point of having served in government. Is this something that you struggled with as well to say, well, things ought to have been better, should be better. And this oligarchy does frustrate government policy and government action to actually grow the economy for the benefit of the people of Haiti. Well, absolutely, because you know, in, I mean, the government as, as as government, you're trying to have policies for all, you know, job creation, uh, fostering economic opportunity to open the economy for 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 the people, and then and then the oligarchy they're trying to steer that that uh, and frustrate that effort in order to keep monopolies for themselves and maximizing profit to the detriment of the Haitian people. So this, this has been an, an ongoing issue for many years in Haiti, which explains a lot of the economic downfall that the country is facing. So it's, it's very hard to bring international groups. Uh, it's very hard for the economy to, to, to work normally. And it's very hard to create jobs because at the end of the day, you know, there is very little value added by the, by the oligarchs as they don't really uh, manufacture you know, because they are mostly uh, resellers of services. So, um, as such, there is very little value added, you know, to the to the economy. Um, and when I was prime minister, I, I dealt with that a, a whole lot. Mm. And we started the, the reforms, and that's why President Moyes wanted to to uh, you know had all the these reforms done. So, so you know, the constitution of Haiti has been an issue for many years. So the president wanted to do the constitutional reform um, to make it less vulnerable to the oligarchs, you know, changing the landscape. So he wanted to have fixed-term mandates. He, he wanted to include the Haitian uh, fixed-term mandate for the prime minister and then turning it into a system where you have a president and vice president, similar to South Africa, um, but with less power given to the parliament. In, in Haiti, the parliament has so much power that they can also blackmail the government, you know, continuously and, and always interfering in, in the government, in, in the executive branch affairs. So it's impossible to, to make any changes. And then you have the oligarchy controlling the parliament, 
so basically they, they assess the power through the parliament mm. and, and then make it impossible for you to make change in the country so that's what the president you know the president had two main fights you know changes that he wanted the constitutional change is one uh, and then he he wanted some electricity um, reforms um, that he managed to to you know they're gonna inaugurate one of the first plants in the history of the country. Um, it was gonna inaugurate in two weeks, and then unfortunately, as that happened, the president was killed. I'm in conversation with former Prime Minister of Haiti, uh, Mr. Laurent Lamoth, uh, discussing the brutal assassination of President Moyes, uh, President of Haiti. Uh, if you may want to, you know, share a view or thought with him quickly, uh, while we still have him on the line, uh, the line there is open to you on 0861-987-000 this morning here on Power Talk. Uh, I've got Tolani on the line, uh, Mr. Lamoth. Please do stay on the line for me. Tolani, good morning. Good morning, good morning, uh, Lukwana. Good morning to uh, the former Prime Minister. So. Yes, ma'am. You know, um, I, I condolence first of all to, to, to our brothers and sisters in Haiti uh, for the loss of uh, uh, President Moss. So what, what I have, the question that I have is that I have noticed a trend that there is five countries right now in the world who have refused COVID-19 vaccines. Mm. Out of the five countries, the three presidents who have mysteriously passed away uh, out of these countries. So uh, the, the, the president of Burundi was assassinated, and now the president of uh, Haiti was assassinated, and John Magafuli passed away uh, uh, also, mysteriously uh, so. So my question is, does he think, the, uh, is there a connection to be made in as far as this is concerned? Okay, Kolani, I'll leave that to my guest uh, to respond. Uh, Mr. Lamoth? Well, that's certainly an interesting um, question and, and, and one that should be looked at. I mean, you know, we, we never, you know, so, sorry from that angle, but it's certainly something that, uh, that uh, is worth looking at. I mean, the president, as you know, was adamant first at uh, not, not uh, accepting the right. I have to tell you that the, this president was a very brave man, uh, was married 25 years, was, was a nationalist, defended the country's interest um, and, and was a man that uh, had the interest of the people fully at heart mm. and was somebody that, um, you know, basically that was leading a fight. You know, he, he saw himself as a liberation warrior, uh, sort of. He saw himself as some, a, a modern-day liberation warrior, you know, not with guns, not with weapons, but with mostly ideas and, and, and mostly policies. Because he felt that there was a lot of um, injustice in the country, a lot of racial injustice as well, and he wanted to to fix that. So uh, he had he had uh, you know so he felt that the in the COVID fight, um, Haiti was one of the countries with the still still is with the least amount of infections in the world. So he had a lot of uh, success, you know, basically with traditional medicine. Um, with people, you know, self-treating themselves, you know, prevention, treatment, a lot of, a lot of ginger roots, um, teas, a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the people's uh, immune system also is very strong. Um, so, so he capitalized on that rather than to, you know, go with the vaccine policy. And, you know, you never know. I mean, that should, that, that should certainly be looked at. I mean, I don't want to affirm, 
you know that yes. right now. But the, the the question that that Polani asked is a very um, you know, it's a very important one and it's one that should be looked at for sure. Absolutely. Mr. Lamoth, I've got Nina. Nina in Craig Hall. Good morning. Hi. Good morning to both of you. Um, I'd like to ask your guest, number one, what he understands will be the political impact of this assassination in the short run, mm. including the possibilities of sort of martial law and an imposition of greater strictures, because that's really happening across the world. Mm. Um, I'm also interested just um, briefly to understand what will happen with that electricity bill that he mentioned. And if, in fact, the the oligarchies have saved themselves by this assassination. uh, All right, let's leave it at that. Thank you you so much for dialing in. Uh, Laurent uh, Lamoth, uh, some interesting questions there, especially uh, the impact in the short term, uh, the political impact of the assassination in the short term, especially knowing full well that, you know, Haiti is still in the making. Since 1987's constitution, there have been 19 presidents and 22 prime ministers, and you are one of those. Yes, yeah, so it's been it's been a system based on uh, instability and based on changes. So you have a prime minister really every one and a half year, um, because if if, uh, if, the, if the oligarchs don't like you, they go to, they use they go through parliament to block your policies, and then they go through the parliament because the parliament is noticeably corrupt in Haiti, um, and then they just would use the power of the money. Um, what I like to call the green power mm. to, uh, you know, to basically block your policies and, and also to attack you, um, you know, media wise, because, you know, they use the media a lot to undermine some of the policies uh, that happen in, in, in the government. So the short term political impact is um, we saw the president. OK, so just to give you, first of all, some some background, the yes. president only had about seven months left in his mandate. He was a lame duck president. He couldn't mm. run for a re-election constitutionally. He he also made it public that he was not a candidate to his re-election, that he had no interest in running. So politically, they would have no reason to assassinate him so brutally. Um, So what's happening now is uh, the prime minister, the prime minister, so the president had just nominated a new prime minister, okay, two or three days before, but that that person, he was from the opposition. So he was a he was a gesture at the opposition to say, look, I'm going to give you the control of the government, and in turn, you are going to help us, you know, pass the constitutional bill and the election. So he was like a grand sort of agreement with the opposition to say, okay, you're going to share the power, uh, we, we're going to share power, and then we're going to get the objectives that are important for the country. Mm. Um, and then he passed away, but he passed away before the new prime minister being sworn in. So now that prime minister is saying, okay, he's, cling, he's clinging to power, he's saying, okay, I was nominated, but he was not sworn in. The outgoing prime minister... Uh, and it seems there was an acting prime minister who was the minister of uh, foreign affairs. Correct. So that's Mr. Claude Joseph. So according to the Constitution, Article 149, he's in, he's in charge with the Council of Ministers until new elections are organized, 60 days. And then there is, I mean, there's been like a theatrical act 
that we that we never expected. Uh, the you know the parliament has been dysfunctional for like a year because they failed to vote the electoral law paving the way for elections for them to renew themselves, and now there is only ten senators left. And then the, you know there was a theatrical last week where the ten senators voted the, the president of that senate as president temporary president of Haiti. So that seems to be unclear what's going to happen with that. But the issue with that is that would basically consummate the coup against the president because that would be all his enemies going to government, and that would certainly hamper the investigation, that would hamper the reforms, that would hamper, you know, that, that would kill the president a second time again. I mean, on the question around the electricity reforms, uh, that bill that, you know, had been proposed, do you see, you know, any uh, tracking back on the commitments that uh, President Moise uh, was trying to make some advances on? Well, that's, that's you know, that, that I, I think I, I that the answer to that question is that depends who stays in, in you know, in the interim government, um, because in the interim government, if uh, in this, you know, if uh, the opposition to uh, to uh, President Moise come in, they will turn back all the reforms, and they will you know basically ensure that the investigation is is is, uh, is guided in a way that's favorable you know to to them. I mean, there is a lot of suspicion right now that that's what would happen. Mm. So, uh, and that's why some of the, the, I mean, some of the supporters of Moise are supporting uh, Claude Joseph to to remain because he promised to carry the investigation all the way around it and then to cover it up. I mean, going forward, so a lot of political joking. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt, and we'll just have to see the events play themselves out. I, as I started off our conversation, some parts calling for the United States of America to intervene. What? Who are the other role players across the globe? I'm thinking of the African Union, where Haiti, you know, has honorary status uh, that can play an influential role in ensuring that there's stability during this period of transition. Well, that would be ideal. You know, to, to, to tell you the truth, if the African Union would step up, and I'm calling on my, you know, African Union brothers and sisters to step up, because if, if you know, it's in everybody's interest for Haiti to be stable mm. and for Haiti to be, you know, doing well, um, you know that, uh, you know, Haiti, one of the reasons why Haiti has been struggling since our independence, and many people don't talk about that, they just talk about the independence, is the struggle to have the revolution and the independence accepted by the Western world. You know, that, that took 60 years for, the, for the, the, the United States, for example, to recognize Haiti, you know, after. Because, you know, after the slave uh, that came from Africa revolted uh, and created the first black independent republic not only in the Western Hemisphere, but in the entire world. You know, Haiti was way ahead of, of, of its time when it took its independence. Well, you know, that was the example not to follow. Yes. So then a lot of Western countries, they isolated Haiti for many years, which created huge economic devastation. Um, and then beyond that, France, uh, in order, you know, claimed that because some of the, you know, Slave owners were kicked out. Then they needed to be, to pay reparation to them. 
So the reparation is equal today to about 30 billion U.S. dollars. Imagine that took away 94% of Haiti's budget for, you know, 150 years. I hear you. So you can see the, the root of some of the, 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 the problems of, of poverty that Haiti faces. Mm. Mr. Lamoth, unfortunately, we dared to take the independence and that was not well seen at all. Yeah, unfortunately, we are out of time. We're out of time this morning, but I must thank you so much for making time for us here on Power Talk. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.